At this time, I would like in both auditoriums for the elders and the seniors to make your way to the front. We'd like to take this time to do a blessing over you guys. Um, I hope if one thing that you walk away with today is how loved and cherished you are. I'm going to ask Paul to, to do this blessing this morning. Guys, in this crazy world that we live in today, um, I was trying to think of a scripture that would be appropriate for this moment, and I had a buddy of mine last night tell me, uh, talk to me about that, and I I thought it was really good for this moment right now, and I want y'all to remember this, because you're going to be faced with a lot of things when you walk off here, and when you face the world, it's going to be the world, and remember that we're not part of this world. Okay, now let me give you a scripture. It's in John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Remember that. The world's going to lie to you, but God gives you the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Guys, I hope you remember that, because you're going to need to remember that the Spirit of the Spirit that raised God from the dead, from Jesus from the dead, out of the grave, lives in each and every one of you, and you're going to need it. So remember that, okay? All right, let's pray. Father, I do pray for these guys, and I ask you to watch over them and be with them. Help them remember who they are and whose they are as they face this world. I pray, Father, that you will give them the strength, give them courage, knowledge, understanding, whatever it is, Father, that they need to be able to get through this world. I pray that they, uh, whatever they uh, put their hand to, I pray that you will bless them. I also, Father, want to pray a blessing over them. I ask you, Lord, that you will bless them and keep them. Lord, make their face shine upon uh, them and uh, be gracious to them. Lord, turn your face toward them and give them your peace. And, Father, I pray this in your sweet son's name, Jesus. It's through him we pray. Amen. Y'all can head back to your seats. I will let you know that for any of you that have not done so already, there is a card waiting for you seniors in the round out in the foyer. Uh, it's just a small, small appreciation uh, from us for what you've meant to us all these years. Now y'all get me for the long haul. I want to start with a few random facts that I've heard the other day. It's one of those things that make you want to pause. Like the first one I'm going to share with you. Did you know that crocodiles, crocodiles gallop like horses? Like, they have the capability that their legs are built just the same as horses, and it's not that the fact that they can get up to 11 miles per hour. Being from Louisiana, you probably already knew they were quick. But here's what I get with this. My mind goes to seeing an alligator or a crocodile prance by. 
You know what I'm talking about? Like horses are like, hey, look at me. And you just got this crocodile doing the same thing. Makes you ask why. In 1997, there, there was a city in Alaska that made a cat named Stubbs, by the way, honorary mayor because they ran out of human candidates that qualified. Why? Likewise, it's not just us in the United States that make these decisions. Norway decided in 1972 that they were going to knight a penguin. Hello, Sir Penguin. (laughs) You may have known this, you may not have. Caesar salad is not actually connected to Rome or Caesar at all. It actually was invented in Mexico by an Italian-American man. But hey, Caesar salad. A little-known fact that you guys may or may not have known, Abraham Lincoln is in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Why? Apparently he was like highly undefeated, was in over 300 wrestling matches. You go, dude. This is one of my favorites. In the United States, 40,000 people a year, okay, 40,000 people a year in the United States, not around the world, just us, are injured by toilets. What are you guys doing? <laughs> like, they bite back. Watch out. Bubble wrap. Get this. Some of you were like, I would lose my mind. Bubble wrap was originally invented to be a wallpaper. They wanted to reach a generation that was becoming more aesthetic. Could you just imagine you walk into a room and you just can't resist that urge? You plow against the wall and you just start rolling. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Getting a little more serious, but it's crazy to think about. It says nearly 15% of daily Google searches have actually never been searched before. Is that not crazy? I mean, Google's been around for a while. Like, we are still coming up with new questions. New wise. As you see, we are a generation of why. Here's the craziest stat that I really hope you ask why to. There's an organization out there called 10 by 10. And what their, their purpose is, is to reach this new generation, to reach the next generation, to make sure that, that the, that the teens that I work with and the ones that are in college right now, and then even yet to come that are over in our children's ministry, don't walk away from the faith because their study shows that one million teens walk away from their faith a year. One million teens. This is very different than the 40,000 getting attacked by their toilets. We're talking one million teens are walking away from their faith. And I hope you're asking yourself why. Victor, where are you at, buddy? Go ahead and make your way up here. I asked Victor to read uh, two different scriptures for me this morning. 
make it a little challenging for him, you know. He's got time on his hands now that he's graduated. Victor is a senior at West Monroe. Congratulations. You were fully involved with the band. You've been helping out at Strauss. You even helped us out during our uh, youth worship session. So I'm going to give the mic over to you if you will read those verses for us. And all that generation also will gather to their fathers and there are across another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Judges 2.10 You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall take talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Deuteronomy 6.7 Thank you, brother. You give him a round of applause, guys. It can be terrifying up here in front of these lights and all of you lovely people. So that second verse that he read, Deuteronomy 6, 7. I want to read that for you guys again, and I, but I want to put it in the full context. So we're going to start with verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. How beautiful is that passage? That there is just such this innate of, of God's love in us and through us. And the way he describes it to his people through Moses is it consumes you. It becomes this part of you that is in everything you do. Amen? It's a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. But what happens is we have generations of why. Generations of why. Turn with me to 1 Peter 3. We spent a lot of time in 1 Peter so far, so I shouldn't have to really go deep into this. But I want us to be reminded of it. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting with verse 13. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil." Here's what I imagine. You have these, these Israelites who are becoming a nation. They're becoming a people. They're finally settling into their land. And God's telling them, take what I'm teaching you. Take what I've given you and live it out. Put it in every little thing that you do. And so you have these adult Israelites that have wandered through the desert, right? We've gotten rid of the ones that said, I don't know if we can take the Canaanites. So you have this generation that wandered through and they saw God lead them and feed them and give them and do for them. 
And he says, take all of that and put it into your living. And so they're going around and they're doing things. And you have these little kids and they're looking up with all the innocence in the world and they say, why are you doing that? Because I'm supposed to. Right? (laughs) No. They talk about God, right? They talk about what he's done, how he's delivered them. They talk about their practices and what they do because that's what God commanded them to do. He asked them to do. He said, do this and they'll never forget. But look at Judges 2.10. You have this whole section here talking about the death of Joshua and and his passing on. And, And because of that, there begins to arise a new generation. Verse 10, it tells us, and all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, meaning they had begun to pass away, that they had collectively had died off, that that group that had known, that had seen, and was supposed to be teaching and giving these reasons why, as, as Peter commands, when someone asks why you're doing what you're doing, what is the faith that you have, give them that command. But they all died off. And it says, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Guys, I don't know about you, but that, that, that can be terrifying. That does give me pause because I'm one of those people that I have, I have chosen. I have elected to, to step in and to work with this generation, to work with the ones that are begging to be told why. They, they are curious to why we do the things that we do and why we are who we are. What I need you to understand is never, ever give up on explaining Why? You may be exhausted and you may be tired and it may be the hundredth time you've had to explain why you're doing what you're doing. But can we just thank God for a second that they're still curious? Amen? They're still wondering. They're still asking. They're still craving. And it's not just kids today. Let's be very, very honest with ourselves. We've all wondered the question, why? We get to a point where just because it's tradition hasn't been enough for us anymore. And so we've opened up our Bibles and we've investigated and we've gone to our elders and we've gone to our our respected peers and we've asked, why? And in all honesty... Because we've dug, because we've looked, because we've asked the question, we begin to get a little stronger in our faith. We begin to get a little more footing when the world comes and asks, why? How is it in the midst of this storm, you're not just crumbling to the ground? Why is it that you've been able to hold on through the death, through the sickness, through the pain, through the fears, through the worry? And you get to say, because my God, and insert anything he's done for you there. Amen? 
And we all get to share the story of how he died for our sins. What is your why? What, what, what is it about us? Why do we do what we do? Because we've been asked to give a reason for who we are and what we're doing and to be his. One of the things that I heard recently, I shared with you all about the, the 10, 10 by 10. And it's ran by a man named Raymond Chung. And, and he gave us a quote while we were at the Orange Conference that I want to share with you guys. And just see what kind of agreement you have with it. If we have a generation that's asking why, know this about the world we live in. The world will speak into the void left by the church. Let me, let me repeat that. The world will speak into the void left by the church. Man, we don't want to amen that, but that is so. That is sadly what is to be. That is what is going on in this world. In any moment that we're not willing to give a child or, or someone who is lost or that person who comes and asks, give me an account for your faith. If we're not willing to answer the why, you better believe the world is going to give them a reason for why they do what they do which does tickle our flesh, which does look appealing, which does call our name day after day. The thing about this, guys, this idea of sharing with one another is not a a macro. It's not a large-scale thing. I need you to understand that in my sermon today, in my charge to you seniors, to all of you under the sound of my voice, this is not me telling you to go grab a microphone and and scream it from the rooftops. For any of you that know me and know me well enough, (laughs) that's not even my personality. This is more of a micro charge. This is me looking you one-on-one in the eyes and saying, look to the person to your left Look to the person on your right. Think about your child over in the children's wing. Think about your child, if you're at home right now, who's just playing over in the corner. Think about your grandparents. Think about your parents. Think about your coworker. The challenge this morning is for you to engage them. The next big thing I wanted to charge you guys with so I want to look a little deeper into this idea coming from Deuteronomy it's not just in chapter 6 that he gives them this challenge of speaking to the next generation he actually does it in 4 Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 9 and 10 he does it again then in Deuteronomy 11 and that's the one I'm going to read to you all this morning Deuteronomy 11 18 through 25 Deuteronomy eight, uh, Deuteronomy eleven eighteen through twenty five. He says, "You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes." Here he goes again. Like this is going to be visible. This is going to be noticed. This is going to be seen from you. Verse nineteen. You shall teach them to your children, taking. 
talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of of your household and on your gates that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them. As long as the heavens are above the earth. For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I have commanded you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking into all of his ways, and holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all of these nations before you, and you will possess the nations greater and mightier than you. I want to transition to a blessing portion for you seniors. I pray that we've done that. Again, I've only been able to be with you a short time in your life, but I know this this place and this congregation has done this. And I have proof of it. Emery, I want you to come on up. I asked Emery to speak this morning along with me because I wanted her to give her why. How is it that this young woman in a world today is someone who is going to spend her summer sweating out at camp like, she'll look like me right now while at camp, beard and all. And <laughs> she, she's chosen to, to, to go to a Christian university and to extend that education and, and to really give her life to Christ. And it's just curious, why? What got you here? Just, just give me a second. Well, good morning, everybody. So when Spencer first asked me to do this, I was honestly a little shocked. I was kind of in this like, okay, like I can do this. Like I'm just going to jump. I'm just going to say yes. Just add another thing to my plate at this point. But um, in all honesty, I'm very overjoyed to be up here in front of my church family. Um, Basically, all of y'all have watched me grow up at this point to tell you my why behind why I'm here today. What is the reason I chose to stand up here, stand out from my peers, and truly show my faith in this scary world? First, this church is a big part of it. This church is going to be a hard place to leave, and I don't really know if I've said that out loud, maybe a couple of times, but it is going to be hard next year in college without all of you and without these memories and these moments that I've made in this church. It is going to be hard to wake up every Sunday and not be here with the people that I love most who have shaped me into who I am today. Wise Ferry Road is one of my favorite places in this little town of West Monroe. I hope I can find the place as welcoming in Searcy. I want to carry that with me wherever I go. It is almost a challenge to see how far I can get into this church building before someone says, good morning, or how are you doing today, or even just give me a big hug. I love that about White's Ferry Road, and I hope to be known as someone who never forgot to say, good morning, how are you doing today, when I go to college. I have grown up here, and I have listened, and I have learned from so many of you out there this morning. Our mission here is Jesus, period. That's it. We change tradition and we break down these walls of this cookie-cutter religion and we make it into something so beautiful and fulfilling. 
Second Peter 1, 3-4 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of this divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desires. Isn't WFR just a great place to be on Sunday mornings? One of my favorite things I have learned from this church is how to share the gospel. How to share and build relationships with other people that I encounter. And to have those hard conversations. That is something I want to bring with me to Harding. um, Because my ultimate goal is to get as many people as I can into heaven. Just like I learned here in this building, I want to go out and share his glory and his excellence with others through my actions and through my words. Speak truth and love is what my mom always says. And that is what WFR has done for me and taught me. I hope to always share that with others. If you know me, you know I love some Camp Tioga. It's my second home, and for a short time it was actually my first those were the best days. Camp is forever, will be forever a huge part of my life. I learned that Jesus is not just my creator, but he's also my friend. I sang all the songs with my heart, and I still know all those dance moves. Camp has truly brought out the real me, and I have sat and talked with counselors till late hours into the night about everything I've ever dealt with. I learned those hard conversations. I have sat and talked with those counselors again, and I have seen Jesus through them and those sweet people just because they wanted to sit and listen to me. I want to be known as a listener to others and be able to give others the same godly advice that I have been given. Patience has always been hard for me, and it's actually my word for this year. There have been so many people at camp who have shown me that patience, and I want to be able to do the same. To be able to listen, show compassion and sympathy, and be a friend for others while in college, and to continue that into the rest of my life. I cannot wait to be able to show the same love to those kids this summer that I have shown, that I've been shown over the years at camp. Camp has also shown me that there's more than one way to worship. Whether your hands are up in the air, there's a band playing, or it's just the voices of the people around you, Jesus will be shown and uplifted because we were made to worship. I'm going to say that again. We were made to worship. And those different aspects are something that I will take with me forever. I have learned almost a respect for people who can worship without a care of who is watching. Because that's how it should be done. It does not matter who is watching because the only one who matters is Jesus Christ. He does not judge you for how you worship and he wants you to worship. We should always worship Jesus as if he was right in front of us. At camp, we go from instrumental to a cappella. We do all the things. And sometimes I like to stand in the back and, like, watch everyone worship. I admire how you can see the counselors 
staying with their kids and still worship without a care. They do it together. I love junior week so much because we get to watch these little babies raise their hands up to the Lord just because their counselor is doing it right next to them. That is that leading by example in that childlike faith in Matthew 18.3. We are so genuine and seen by the little ones who run around at camp and some in this building. I want to carry that with me and show my faith outwardly without a care. I want people to ask me why I am the way that I am so that I can share Jesus with them. Worship has truly changed my life and made my faith stronger. I can't wait to continue my worship in college and be able to share that with other people. There have always been two very special people in my life who have never made me quit and never quit on me. My mom and my dad. My parents are pretty cool people. If you haven't met them, you definitely should. And I look up to them both in a lot of ways. If you've heard my mom's story, then you know she's been through a little hard times, just a few. But she's always stayed true to her faith, and she has loved the Lord and has had women in her life who love the Lord who have poured into her. And I've loved getting those same women being able to be to pour into me. And my dad, well, he's just my best friend. And he's taught me so much, from how to scare mom when she walks in the door, to driving a mini X, and just how to make people laugh. We're basically the same person, so I guess that makes me pretty cool, too. My parents have had a lot of missed opportunities growing up. Neither one of them got to go to a private Christian school or even go to college. And both have gone through some hard marriages and hard trials before they were blessed with each other. I guess that gets me to my next point of how I'm so blessed by the Lord to have these great people and amazing opportunities that they have worked so hard to give me. They have shown me that hard work does and always will pay off. They have both given me unconditional love and attitude checks when needed. My mom has shown me that example of a God-fearing woman I strive to be. My dad has shown me how to be a friend to all, even when it can be hard sometimes. I want to take those things with me, not just to college, but in my life after. I pray for a man like my dad, and for me to be almost half the woman of whom my mom is today. She's pretty great. I hope to be a friend to everyone when I go out in my life in these next four years. I'm grateful, thankful, and blessed with these two amazing people. So to answer that question, my why, it truly comes down to Jesus. He sacrificed his life for me, so why would I want to get on a path that doesn't, that doesn't lead me to Jesus? I've had too many mentors and great influences in my life who have just poured into me I could honestly sit here and name them all day, but to be honest, I'm kind of hungry, so I'm going to wrap it up. I just want to say thank you to all my friends, all my family, and all of you who have shown me Jesus. So that's my why. Thank you.
I want y'all to hold on to a few things that she said. She's been watching y'all. She watched how you greeted her. She watched how you greeted each other. She listened to the words that you shared. She watched as you shared the gospel to guests, to strangers, to each other. She was watching while she was out at camp. Not just to the things that we wanted her to see, right? You know, the things that we worked so hard and we like put all this time and effort to teach them these lessons. And she did not quote a one of them, but she stood back and she watched worship. She stood back and she watched people give their hearts to the Lord. And in there, if you listen, she watched her folks. There were a few things that she quoted of them, but so much of it was just her sharing the lives that she saw. What I need y'all to understand is, is this generation is, is watching you. And so what does that mean when I say this generation, any of them? I need you to understand that there are the, the oldest people in this room are sitting back and watching us. Because truth be told, they still want to be excited about the Lord too. They still want to get up and go. And there's all those babies and all those young ones that are over there. And, and that's great. I'm glad that they have a special and a specific place for them. But are you jumping in to let them see your why? Are you jumping in to let them see who you are and the God that you love? Because you have a piece of the gospel living inside of you. You are a portion of this story just as any of us are. And I want to give you all one big challenge. And this is for anybody. Seniors, as you get ready to go. Adults sitting in the room. In our youth ministry, we spend about five hours a week together. That's with doing Sunday morning class and coming over here and doing service together. And that's one hour for Wednesdays and that's two hours for high school teen church and an hour and a half for middle school. And if I was to take that, you have 168 hours in a week. And if I was to take that and to put it into money form, because we all like money in here, right? Yeah, money's good. If a, if a week was a dollar, our time with these kids is three cents. Actually, it's 2.97. See, what we do here matters because it could be what they see and what they get a glimpse of. But what you do outside of here matters so much more. I'm going to leave you with three teens. One is Timothy. Who was taught by his mother and his grandmother, right? Y'all know Timothy from the New Testament. Paul comes along and he sees this young man. He sees what he's capable of and he starts pouring into him himself. And Timothy is who he is because there were some women in his life who were willing to answer his whys of why we do what we do. They were willing to be intentional with him. There's a young woman named Mary. Who an angel comes along and says, you're going to carry the Christ. 
And this young woman, because somebody at some point had the intentionality with her to pour into her, her response is not, whoa, 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 let's count that out. She actually responds with a song, with a beautiful song. I love when we sing it. She sings about how her soul magnifies the Lord. She gives everything over to him because of who he is. The last one's one of my favorites. I want to leave you with a young man named Josiah. The child king. And even though he was technically, he would have been around 18, like he was older, but... I mean, let's be honest, those of us who have lived some life, we look at these young people and we're like, you don't even know what's coming for you. He finds the law. He finds it. He opens it up and he's, he has it read to him and he's studying over it. And he asks the question, why aren't we doing this? Because again, a generation had come along that had forgotten who God was and what he had done. And so this young man who was introduced to the law, who was introduced to God's word, more importantly, right? Because we don't live under the law. Sees the heart of God within it and begins changing the way of a nation. Amen? And so what I need you to understand is you don't know the impact that the people around you are going to play in the kingdom of God. I tell people all the time, You can strive to be the president. And that's great. Like, that's a super high position. But the second grade teacher of any president was just as important in their life. Was just as important as getting them to who they are and to where they are. And so today, when you look at a generation of why, if you look at all the people around you, I want you to ask yourself, can I be their second grade teacher today? Not striving to teach them some giant new concept, but just leaning in and showing love, showing Christ, showing him and who he is and what he's done. And I hope you practice that today. I hope before you leave today, you look at one person and you let them know what Christ did in your life. Because the more that we can come in and we can do it here the more we can go and do it outside of these doors. Amen? So here we are. Graduates, I want to tell you this. Keep asking why. Never stop. Please do not stop going out and wondering and discovering and figuring out what is going on because it will benefit you. And know that you can always come back here to ask your questions. One of my favorite things... Is at the end of the announcement video, they always say, and welcome home. This can and always will be your home, if you want it. To the congregation, please see the beauty in anyone asking the question of why. See the beauty in them wanting to discover and wanting to learn and to dig deeper. But most importantly, to anyone out there that has the questions and the doubts and the fears, or maybe you even came in this morning proclaiming to be a non-believer. You're here because you have a senior or because someone drug you here or whatever the reason may be. I want you to know that you could not be in a safer place to ask why.
You could not be in a safer congregation in a room full of people excited and ready just to answer your questions and to love on you and to be there for you. So this morning, ask yourself this question. Have I really lived out the why of my faith? And the second thing is, why not start today? Because it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you have something you'd like to come forward for, to get those prayers for, to get encouragement for, if you want to come forward and meet with an elder or any of our ministers up here and say, I'd love to just have a study with you guys to ask my questions, to get my my wonders out. If you want to come forward today and give your life to Christ, amen, right? Let that be. But please, please, please. Don't ask yourself when you get home, why did I not? So if you're ready, make that change today as we come, as we stand, as we sing.